This episode of a Top 3 Podcast is brought to you by our friends and proud parents over at the Rat Hour Podcast with Rat Boy. It's your one-stop shop for discovering what's in Tim Allen's trash this week, dirty work quotes with no context, and rabid praise of the Cincinnati Reds' bullpen. And just for our listeners, brought to you by the grace of the tube, here's a sneak peek at this week's episode of The Rat Hour with Rat Boy. When you just talk about the Rat Hour podcast with Rat Boy. He's sitting in here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about the Rat Hour podcast with Rat Boy. I mean, listen, we're talking about the Rat Hour podcast with Rat Boy. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about the Rat Hour podcast with Rat Boy. Not a game. Not, a, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about the Rat Hour podcast with Rat Boy. Man, I mean, how silly is that? Oh, that Rat Boy, he sure is something, huh? Well, if you want to find out what's really going on, you got to tune in to the Rat Hour with Rat Boy, part of the Tube Podcast Network. All right, let's start the show. And uh, this, uh, this is a top three podcast. Three... What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Top 3 Podcast. Tonight's voice might sound a little different because it's me, Bloodbath, and not Dave. Dave is playing the role of guest. I'm playing the role of host because today's topic is the the top three NFL defensive players. Now, while I love the Browns, um, I am a novice football enthusiast, to say the least. I couldn't tell you uh, what defensive players actually do. Uh, or who they are, or who they've ever been. So I'm not really an authority, <laughs> so I'm playing the role of host to kind of keep the show moving and light and funny, and I'll put in my little quips. I want to tell everybody happy National Power Rangers Day, <laughs> a holiday which I think we only <laughs> celebrate in America. Um, everybody else is a big football fan, so uh, this is definitely their time to shine, and I'm very interested to listen to everybody's picks. Uh, Before we start, if you want to support the show, please tell your friends to subscribe, rate, and review. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at a top three podcast, and you can leave and you can leave your own top three in the comments. Uh, We will also put out a call for listener responses for top threes before recording, so keep eyes out on our social media pages, and we may read yours on the show. By May, that means we definitely will because we love that. Uh, check the episode description for links in our, to our various pages, and um, here we go. So again, uh, for our panelists this week, we have Dave. Hey, everybody. Aaron. Bloodbath, you killed that opening, dude. Sincerely, that was awesome. Alan. Hey, everybody. And our special guest this week, uh, top three enthusiast, Kieran Klinge. What's up, everyone? Good to Not have much. you, Kieran. Good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show, uh, the way this works is we take we pick our top threes in this subject, uh, NFL defensive players. Uh, we each take turns going around. Uh, we make our third pick, our second pick, our number one pick, and then we do some quick lightning round honorable mentions 
uh, with some explanations here and there. So, uh, again, today's topic is the top three NFL defensive players. Um, first, uh, to get started, I just want to go around and see what everyone's favorite NFL team is uh, and maybe a little bit of history on um, why that is or just where they're at with uh, the uh, current state of their team in 2021. So, Dave, what's your favorite team? Yeah, so the reason uh, we're asking is we have a rule on this particular episode where um, you can only pick one player from your favorite team on your list. So I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, um, been a Browns fan since the great playoff run of 2002, which until last season was the last time the Browns had made the playoffs. And things are looking good this year. Optimism is high for the Browns. So yeah, Cleveland Browns fan. On. Sorry, Aaron, your favorite team? Uh, I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so the opposite of everything Dave just said. Uh, But this was pretty hard for me because I have a lot of respect for a lot of different NFL players. But without trying to be a pretentious dick, the Steelers have a lot of really good historical elite defensive players. Uh, So it was very hard for me to make a list without being like, oh, right, Casey Hampton. So anyways, big Pittsburgh guy. Really excited for next year. We're easily winning the Super Bowl. If you say so, uh, Alan, your favorite team. <laughs> uh, my favorite team is the Cleveland Browns. Um, Aaron sucks and the Steelers sucks. Go Brownies. Ooh, I think I think Alan's <laughs> muted. Is Alan muted? Well said, Alan. <laughs> no, Aaron, you're you're muted. Um, Aaron, what about you? What's your favorite team? Uh, sadly, I am a New York Jets fan. Um, since youth, actually, I grew up, uh, every night listening to the local, local sports radio. Um, and so they were all Mets, Mets, Jets, Knicks, Rangers. So that's just kind of how I got into the Jets. Um, we did have some good years in the past though. Um, but yeah, recently, as everyone knows, total dumpster fire. So it's been tough. <laughs> um, yeah, a couple Browns fans here. So you guys can sort of, uh, you can relate to me, I think. <laughs> we, we can relate, but also you made a couple AFC championship games, right? We definitely can't relate to that. That's oh, true. Yeah. We, we, uh, and we did Sanchez. it with Mark Sanchez. Yeah. We did so, it with Mark Sanchez. <laughs> that was like the Browns were like, that was Colt McCoy time or something like that. So no, we can't, we can't really relate. Hey, Colt is still in the league. All right. <laughs> he he you know? still he is, is the he league. Is, he's still I will doing say his this, uh, Kieran, uh, the year that the Jets made the AFC championship game with Mark Sanchez and they played the they played the Steelers for the Super Bowl. Uh, I knew we were going to win that game, but I knew if you didn't beat the Patriots the week before that we were not going to make the Super Bowl. So that was like big Jets like moment from Aaron. When you guys beat the Patriots, I was like, hell yeah, no Tom Brady. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you never like to get eliminated from the playoffs, but beating the Patriots was like really nice. I I very much enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> know anything about the Jets or their what's going on currently or why this is funny? <laughs> but I will say, as as a Browns fan and someone who didn't start taking any interest in football until about uh, twelve years ago, um, it's been a I can totally relate watching the Browns. Everyone get excited that the Browns won one game a year. So uh, I'm fine with that. If to, if this season we win one game and it's a bummer, then I will still be a happy camper. So uh, nothing will shake that foundation. So. If we win two games and they are against the Steelers, I will throw a parade. 
I love that. Week, just, two love weeks that. in a row. If we can beat the Steelers two weeks in a row, that would just be something, wouldn't it? Oh, Bloodbath, do you mean how the Browns beat the Steelers two weeks in a row, including the AFC wildcard game last year? Do you remember? Is that what you're referring to? Because that was pretty <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. Are, 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 we talking about, are we talking about the Steelers-Browns rivalry in the past? Is that what we're doing tonight? Look, this is, this is we're, only, <laughs> we're only focusing on last year. Old, Sorry, dude. This is all oh, old dang, that sucks. news like Ben Roethlisberger's elbow. Okay? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I saw this clip today where Ben Simmons called uh, Yosef Nurchik uh, ass, uh, that he talked a lot for somebody that was complete ass. And that's how I feel every time a Browns fan shits on the Steelers. Okay. Fair enough. 2-0, two, two Aaron. 2-0 and o in the last two meetings. So, I mean. Including the AFC wildcard. Uh, you guys did game. a very, very good job last year. Thank you. you. On that note, let's go ahead and get started with our number three picks. And we will start with uh, Dave and your number three. Okay, so my number three, um, before before I start my list, I'm going to say like all of my picks come from my football watching lifetime, which started in like 1996. So all of my players are like recent. And actually, if I'm looking at my list, they're all pretty recent. because as much as I would like to put a lot of really awesome players on my list from the past, I didn't watch them play, so whatever. Uh, anyway, my number three is Aaron Donald, um, specifically for like the a couple things. Number one, if you look at like advanced stats for like best defensive players, it's like Aaron Donald at the top, and then like a pretty big like difference between him and every other NFL player. And if you like just watch a game that the Rams are playing, it is an emergency every time he's on the field. Like the, the offensive players, the offensive linemen are just like in a full panic trying to figure out like, okay, who, which four of us are responsible for blocking Aaron Donald on this play. (laughs) That is my number three. Uh, I love a, like, I love an interior defensive tackle. Who's just fucking unblockable, even though there are like literally three people standing right in front of him. Uh, and Aaron Donald's the best I've ever seen. So he's my number three. So the biggest uh, thing with Steelers fans the last couple years has, has been like, uh, why has TJ Watt gotten snubbed for defensive player of the year? Uh, and the answer to that question is because Aaron Donald exists. Um, based on all measurable metrics, Aaron Donald should win defensive player of the year every year. And maybe like one MVP by the, because it's, it's like you said, Dave, you can't, you can't double team him. You can't you can't triple team him like you know you have to put like a bunch of people on him and with the Rams like really like pretty good fucking secondary like he does so much to I mean he got Jared Goff to the fucking Super Bowl dude uh, Aaron Aaron Donald is arguably the greatest defensive player I've ever seen play uh, that position he he should win defensive MVP every year he is going to be the all time sack leader he's going to be an all time like TFL leader like that that dude is the truth. He's not going to be the all-time sack leader. There's no way, but he's, he's, he's incredible. Um, you made a good point and it's kind of like how NBA people say, like, if you really look, LeBron James should be the MVP like 16 times, but people are just like, we can't do it again. Can we like, (laughs) we can't. And that's kind of how Aaron Donald is. I, I love Aaron Donald. I considered him for my list. He was one of those guys where I think he needs to show me a couple more years. Um, and then he would be, I mean, because 
with the category being what it was, top defensive players in the NFL, it left it open to a lot of interpretation, whether it was best of all time. I mean, like I, most of the time we do favorites, which I think are a lot. I don't want to say um, and definitely not as measurable. But when we do these top ones, um, which I guess makes sense because it's a, a top three. Um, Aaron Donald, I feel like he hasn't been around long enough. And so we need to see, you know, like I was saying before we started five more years and he's going to be on my list. And one of the guys on my list is, is off at that point. So. All right. But Aaron Donald's great. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's one of those guys that like, despite being a superstar, he's like, even he's like kind of like underrated still, if that makes sense. Because like, I think people don't really understand like how like legit dominating that dude is. So I, I can see I was sort of the same way with like picking people who are still playing now because who knows like you know how they're gonna end up. But yeah, Aaron Donald's pretty legit. I I, I kind of I can I can get on board with him on there. Yeah. Even if he's not making plays for other people, he's probably made other people on the Rams defense a ton of money because they all have like one or zero people blocking them because everyone's so worried about Donald. All right. Good pick, good pick. I don't know these people, but still, I'm I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm supportive. Uh, Aaron, Aaron, let's get your number three. All right, my number three is going to be Washington football team safety, Sean Taylor. Uh, so Sean Taylor only played four seasons in the NFL. He didn't really uh, play a long time because he was murdered in his home. Uh, in 2007 and it cut short what could have been a you know ed reed troy palomalu style safety career uh he, he he really was very good uh the reason i like sean taylor uh as much as i do is because it, it's it's just like the mlb episode you you, you want to see home runs like in football you want to see people get fucking jacked up dude like and sean taylor was so good at just fucking somebody up coming over the middle. Like it almost seemed like he would give them a yard just so he could make the jacked up segment on ESPN later that night. This dude hit so hard. He, he really wasn't that big. <laughs> I mean, like let, let, let's look at this. I mean, I'm just looking at it a little bit. He two pro bowls in four years and those were in his first four years. Um, he's, uh, <laughs> he's one of the 80 greatest Redskins of all time, uh, which is really fucking crazy. Um, but, uh, I loved in Madden when you would do like the fantasy draft, I would always make sure I had Sean Taylor, Troy Palomalo as like my safety backfield because I knew nothing was getting past that. Um, so it's, it's a really, really sad story of a, a, a potentially hall of fame career, uh, cut short due to tragedy. Um, but Sean Taylor was a hitter. We're going to link this into the in the description of when he absolutely leveled punter Brian Mormon in a fucking in a pro bowl game. <laughs> yeah, in, a in, pro a, bowl. in a pro bowl. This guy could not keep it under control. He and and I don't know if it was a fake. It might be he just decided to run with it. But Sean Taylor came from about 30 yards back and just ran right to ran or two and through whether it was his decision or not guess what it was a bad choice all, all the props in the world to brian mormon he took that hit like a champ okay i'm gonna wrap this up uh sean taylor number three 
I was going to say, like, I kind of considered Sean Taylor from my list for a couple reasons. Uh, I remember when Ohio State played Miami in the championship game and Sean Taylor was on that team, and it was terrifying uh, having Sean Taylor on the other team. But uh, when I saw, like, when I was thinking of, like, like defensive players who like were memorable. I was like, Oh, Sean Taylor destroyed a punter one time. That's super memorable. That's hilarious. He deserves consideration for my list. That was one of my, that's like a top all time NFL moment to me. And Brian Mormon stood up. I like, yeah, he he's my favorite punter of all time. He stood up and he, shook his hand after he that. Stood up, dude. Very funny. Good. Uh, pick. I like that one. Uh, again, Sad story. Dude got murdered. Yeah. I actually remember when that happened. I actually remember like watching uh Sports Center like for a long time after that happened. It was genuinely sad, even though Sean Taylor never played for my favorite team. Um, he was just such a fun player to watch and it was a super sad story when it happened. Yeah, that's what I actually kinda of forgot about Sean Taylor there, so that's like a good pick. Um yeah, I guess he didn't really have the longest NFL career. But yeah, that's a I think that's a good one. Deep cut. The dude just yeah. banged. He just banged and he banged <laughs> like 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 he like a lot of what these players uh on my list have in common is players that I think would have made really really good stealers. Uh and Sean Taylor was <laughs> it what would have been I mean if you would have paired him with Troy Polamalu like we might have won three Super Bowls. Oh, maybe. ridiculous, yeah. In, in just the hardest hitting backfield. Yeah, like as soon as you said his name, I was just like, oh man, because I tried to even like look around on the internet when I was doing my list too. And like, and that was just one guy that I guess just kind of slipped through the cracks. But as soon as you said his name, I was like, oh damn, that's a good one. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, good pick, Aaron. Uh, Alan, let's go with your number three. Uh, my number three, as just mentioned by Aaron, is. Pittsburgh Steelers strong safety, Troy Polamalu. Um, <laughs> however, however, very much this hurts me. Um, I loved watching Troy Polamalu play. Uh, you just see uh, his long, flowing hair behind him as he dove headfirst into a line of helmets. Uh, and all you could think is, how is this crazy asshole still alive um and one of the most shocking things to me is when i went back to look at uh what what troy palomalu had done because i think everybody can agree he's a fantastic player but he actually made it in the league for 11 full seasons before he i assume was forced to retire because his brain didn't work anymore that is exactly right <laughs> i mean so um, and I, I don't want to belabor the point. Um, I, I think that safety play is really fun to watch. Uh, Troy Polamalu was probably the most fun safety to watch play that I've ever seen in my lifetime. So number three, Troy Polamalu. Real quick, before Aaron um, like busts his nut here. Gushes, um, yeah. Yeah, Late. before before Aaron can get into that, I just want to say, Alan, I thought it would be a a fantastic troll job of you if you would have said like the Steelers' strong safety Terrell <laughs> Edmonds or something uh, like that, and <laughs> just fucked with Aaron. You, oh man, dude, just never mind. That was that was a good one, Dave. Terrell Edmonds, is fun. good job. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron, get it out. 
No, I, I, I agree with Alan. And, uh, you know, I don't want to talk too much about him. But what I will say right now is that it was like watching a linebacker play safety. It was really cool. Yeah. He's like a baby linebacker. Yeah, yeah. He, you could line him up anywhere on the field and he was useful. I've, you know, there was that one time he like jumped the snap on Kerry Collins, like immediately when he snapped the ball and sacked him before he could hand it off to the running back. One of those guys that like you want to watch his like career highlight videos because it, Alan's, it, they're absolutely insane. Safeties don't do that. They never did it before him. They haven't done it after him. Just he, he's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Like, all right, two things about Palomalu while we're on the subject. So he always had that move where he would jump over the offensive line and get a like a TFL out of that. Mm-hmm. Like, do, do you guys ever remember him missing on those plays? Because I yes, don't. yes, yeah. yeah. So I, I watched almost every snap of his career, and for every time that happened, there were four times when he got it offside. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, like okay. you just. The dude had no control. He was just like pure instinct. And for about six or seven years, it worked out really well for him. Yeah. All right. The other thing, and I'm going to actually like cut in a little bit of this audio, is the story of Pat McAfee telling about the story about how they were trying to run a, a fake field goal. And Palomalu like broke his tendency for the first time in his career on the on the time that they called the fake field goal. It's a very funny story. I'm going to cut it in. But for anyone who knows that, that story is just like the part of the legend of Palomalu. Oh, let me tell you a little story about these statistics. Troy Palomalu, okay? Fucking Troy Palomalu. So we had a fake for the Pittsburgh Steelers that was a 100 percenter. We didn't even have a cancel the goddamn play because it was a 100 percenter. If we ever end up in this situation inside the seven-yard line on the left hash, it is a 100%er that the C gap will be wide open and we will just part the C to the left. It'll be a touchdown. 100%er. We're playing in Pittsburgh, the city I grew up in. I grew up in Pittsburgh. I won the punt passing kick. National championship, AJ. National championship, AJ. Congrats. AJ, did you ever win the national championship punt passing kick? Uh, I think I got third or fourth out of four at the nationals. I'm proud of you, man. Anyways, so we're there in that stadium, okay? A lot of McAfee's in there. A lot of McAfee's in Pittsburgh. I'm going to score my first fucking touchdown, night game, Sunday night football, I believe it was, right here, touchdown. We get into that situation, and I'm like, holy fuck, this is really going to happen. We're like on the six, on the left hash. It's fourth and goal now. Field goal team's jogging on. I'm like, oh, fuck. It's about to, I'm, this is, I got to fucking, I'm ready. I am ready for this to happen. So I get out there. I get down. Vinny's like happy for me. Vinny's like very excited. He's like, let's fucking go. Like Vinny's excited for me at this moment. I'm like, here we go. So I make the call. I forget what it was. So I start saying it, right? And everybody's looking at me like, okay, bright eyes. Here we go. Let's get after it. Offensive linemen are dead ass tired. They do not want to be in the middle of a field goal anyways. So they're just like, all right, I don't give a fuck if you die here, but this should work. Let's get some points. And all of a sudden, I go through my cadence, I call it, I get down, and Troy Palomalu's fucking ass goes ahead for however long his career was at this point. I think it was like nine years or eight years at this point. Not a once has he ever gone to this side of the field over here to the left and covered, strand, stood right in the sea gap. Never. He lined up exactly where he had lined in film 100% of the time. And then as soon as I got to like the second cadence right before set, he just bounced his little ass right over to the sea gap. And I like stopped everything I was doing. And I literally just looked at him. 
And I gave him like a, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, why are you there right now? And then I stood up and said, we are kicking it. We don't have a, we have to kick it. We are kicking this. And then I get down and Vinatieri kicks it and I jog off the field and Chuck Pagano comes running up next to me. He's like, hey, good job. What you see? I said, what did I see? Palomalu just fucking went right into the goddamn sea gap. What did I see? What did I see? And he goes, okay, sounds good. Good call then. And that, good call then. And then Vinatieri's like, hey, way to go, buddy. I'm like, way to go? Are we not going to talk about how big of a fucking asshole Troy Palomalu is for what just happened right there? So that's... It just, I saw the angel of death waiting for me at the, in the sea gap. It's unbelievable. Like, what, you thought I was going to run him over? No way. I'm going to get... He's probably going to strip me and score a touchdown the other fucking... That's Palomalu, bro. That ain't just some your backyard football with your son. This is, these are professional fucking athletes. He'd probably jump over the lineman, pick me up, and run me into the other fucking end zone if he wanted to. That's what he would have done. The hard-fitting safety of his generation, too. It's, I mean, Ed Reed, great cover safety. I don't know that you would have feared him, but... You Ed Reed, I would have feared Ed Reed. Yeah, if I saw Ed Reed in that C-gap, absolutely. E.D. Well, Reed, boy, the best safety you ever seen, boy. I ain't doing shit to Ed Reed. No, no, Ed Reed would have made the tackle. I'm saying that Palomalu would have shaved years oh, off your life. Oh, my God. Oh, my we, God. So just really quickly, and I'll stop, but they asked Palomalu about that play, and he was like, oh, yeah, and he's like, I knew it was going to happen because I looked at uh, – uh, I looked at Pat McAfee before the play, and I could see he had a little more energy than he normally had. So I knew a fake was coming. And I was like, God, that is the coolest thing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, good pick. I'm glad uh, I'm glad Aaron got to uh, jizz in his pants on that one. Like, twice. So, um, twice. All right. Uh, Kieran, let's go ahead and get your number three. All right. So, yeah, it's kind of like a disclaimer for my picks, I guess. So I, I kind of started out probably like a lot of you guys thinking about more like recent players. Um, but then as I was like kind of researching more into it, every time I kind of settled on a few, I'd kind of go back like a generation and just see like, ah, well, if I'm going to pick this guy, like this older dude was like, you know, a little bit better. That kind of led me down the rabbit hole. And so I actually ended up with a bunch of dudes from like my early childhood. So I, I did see them play. But uh, my memory is not like crystal clear. I guess I kind of see them through that like childhood lens of just these like ridiculous giant dudes doing like crazy shit on the football field. And you didn't really like understand like all the X's and O's of it like maybe we do now. Um, but still, definitely some some uh, top level guys here. So my number third uh, three pick that I settled on was uh, Ronnie Lott, <laughs> uh, which I. I guess also counts as my jet. He did, uh, he did play on the jets, like at the end of his career, that wasn't like his heyday or anything, but, um, uh, Ronnie lot was just like one of those dudes again, like he started out as a corner and then, um, just wanted to prolong his career and keep playing. And so he was just like, yep, I'll switch to safety. There's like, I've been a few guys that have done that. And, uh, and then he was just like an awesome safety also, I kept it going, and um, I'm glad I was kind of uh, chatting with Dave about this, and he reminded me, which I don't even know how I could forget this story. Um, but the thing about Ronnie Lott to me, uh, which is just like a great story, was uh, when he was – I believe this was when he was on San Francisco, uh, and he hurt his finger in the last game of the regular season. And he like broke the tip of his pinky, and so they told him, you've got to get a pin in there. 
um, and you're going to miss eight weeks. So he's going to miss the playoffs. Or you can just chop that shit off and keep playing. And he did it. He like so he, he got like the tip of his pinky amputated and then just played in the playoffs. <laughs> like that is legit. Dude, that is the most badass story. Cause I, I asked somebody at work about it today, some older dude, and he said Ronnie Lott. Uh, I, I think I thought he got it like caught in some guy's helmet and he just said like, fuck it. And like, rip, but you would probably know more. You did the research, but getting like ripping off your, like cutting off your fucking finger to get back in the game is some <laughs> historical NFL type shit. That is like, that is 100% maximum level, like football guy right there. Like he's going to cut his fucking finger off so he can keep playing. Like you want to talk about like the football guy. There's you can't get more football guy than that. So I I was also thinking about Ronnie Lott for this, but I decided not to not to choose him just based off of what I was saying. I had I hadn't watched him, Um, but I read about I read about that story, too. And I think that a lot of people have heard about about his finger story. But I found an article that they did where they interviewed him in like uh, like 2014 or something like that. And all it was was him talking about how much he regretted getting his finger. Sure, he did. <laughs> it was, it was really a bummer. Um, you know, he was just like, "Man, money won't buy me a new finger." I mean, yeah, it's, it's true. I can't money hold won't a buy you a new finger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was his pinky, right? Yeah, so. it was his pinky. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like you know. 20 years after he retired he's like man i sure wish i still had a pinky like my, I'm, wearing a, I'm wearing a glove and it's kind of floppy over on that finger, there. <laughs> on that one finger. <laughs> i will say real quickly uh first round uh of answers three safeties that's kind of cool oh yeah yeah well we have ronnie lott was also one of those like big hit stick guys like he would just fuck people up back Donks. when you were like Back when that was encouraged in the NFL, which is probably good that it's not, you know, you're not like literally ruining people's lives by playing safety anymore. But like he was like he was one of the original like fear guys back there. Yeah, and that's like even he came to the Jets like late career and we kind of knew we're not getting like, you know, that same Ronnie Lott. But like even like as an older player, he was like a very stabilizing force. I remember like no one you know, was ever complaining about having Ronnie Lott on your team. So, um, yeah, again, I don't have super crystal clear memories, but I just, yeah, I remember watching him and just thinking like, you know, even late career Ronnie, Ronnie Lott, like this guy is legit. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. That's a, that's a, a fascinating story. I never heard of it. Kind of disturbing, but uh... yeah, I was say, you, you, like I just met your bloodbath throwing up like that. He said, that. <laughs> um, all right, Dave, let's go ahead and get your number two. Hopefully nobody loses any appendages. Well, uh, my number two was, uh, involved in something where he tried, uh, but was unsuccessful so far. So my number two is miles Garrett. And that is because um, I'm a Browns fan and I got to put a Browns player on my list. And Miles Garrett is like by far the best Browns defender that I've seen in my lifetime. Maybe there are better Browns players before the team moved, uh, but I wasn't watching football in the early 90s or the late 80s. So like Miles Garrett's uh, my favorite uh, Browns defensive player um, because uh, when he's healthy, uh, when he's not suspended for bashing Mason Rudolph on the head with his helmet, he is an unstoppable force. And it's just 
anyone who's ever had an unstoppable force of a defensive end on your favorite team knows how fucking cool it is to just have a guy and you're like, this team can't block this guy. There's nothing you can do to block him. All you can do is hold him. And that's what that's what teams have to do to defend against Miles or provoke him into uh, bashing you on the head with his helmet and he'll get suspended <laughs> and then you win. So that's my number three, Miles Garrett. Or two, my number two. It's really cra- uh it's really crazy <laughs> how how uh like like you know the Steelers never had a player like that but like when you're watching a team who has like a really really good like 3-4 end like just when you're watching the defense you're not watching like what's going on in the linebacker you're not watching you're not watching what's going on in the secondary you're just like straight up focused in on what that one guy is doing on the play first like you know when I'm watching the Steelers and the Browns uh when he's not suspended you know for going after Mason Rudolph uh <laughs> which which I'm sort of about uh, but when he but when he's on the field, it's like when I'm trying to like, you know, figure out what's going on. The very first person on the Browns defense I'm looking for is is him because he is the best Browns defensive player. At least I've I've seen, you know. Oh, he's by far the best Browns defensive player. I mean, I, I you know, I wasn't around in the 80s, but since I've been like conscious enough to look at a television, he's the best Browns defensive player by far. Yeah. Um. I mean, no contest. Yeah, actually, Aaron. Like when when I when James Harrison was playing for the Steelers, he was the person because he was always going up against Joe Thomas. And I was like, before Ben started like to throw, or before the Browns quarterback started to like, you know, actually throw the ball and stuff, I would just watch like Joe Thomas versus Harrison because that was a really awesome matchup. It was, and Joe Thomas won, like, a majority of the time. Like, that's what sucks about being an offensive lineman is, like, if you give up one fucking sack from James Harrison, but you stop him 78 fucking times, like, it's like, <laughs> hey, James Harrison fucking got that sack. And, like, I, I always shit on Joe Thomas for no reason whatsoever. I also really enjoyed those matchups, man. Like, he was a lot of respect for that guy. Yeah, but back to Miles Garrett. Also, part of the, like, the joy of being a Browns fan is uh like Miles Garrett is like a a pretty much like a local legend off the field uh too like whenever you hear stories about like what he did at practice like just the other day I was reading like Brown's training camp report and it was like Miles Garrett didn't practice but he was doing this the the ski sled machine and he broke it cuz he was going too hard even though he was like <laughs> taking a day off from practicing <laughs> you always get stories like that about Miles so Miles Garrett is just built like a marble statue of Zeus. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I, like, I don't know if you've seen him, but if anybody that's listening has not seen Miles Garrett, go ahead, Google Miles Garrett shirtless. Um, I mean, he looks, <laughs> he looks big enough where like I could nap in his abdominal muscle is how big this guy is. That's um, a, that's my Google home screen, by the way, is just the <laughs> Google image search of Miles Garrett shirtless. That's when I open up Chrome, that's what comes up. <laughs> I I also am just like floored that Mason Rudolph, like, I don't think he said the N-word. Like, I don't think he said it, right? But like, you know, you look at his face and you're like, he probably did. But the fact like <laughs> that, like, I'm all about somebody standing up for themselves. But the fact that that's the moment he chose to do it, I was just like, bro, you deserve to get hit head with, with your own helmet, you idiot. What are you right? Doing? Like, pick any other player, pick any other player on the team. Serious, seriously, yeah. <laughs> go after Eric Weddle, dog. Like, chill. 
yeah, man. You could just see the intensity when that dude plays. Like, that's another good pick. I think it's cool, too, because, like, when we were talking about defensive players, for me, like, the first thing that jumps into my mind position-wise is I'm thinking, like, outside linebackers, like all those, like, pass rushers uh, or cornerbacks. Those are, like, the sexy picks. We've got a bunch of safeties. We've got, like, some defensive linemen. I like uh, I like these guys here. Yeah, I mean, and and I mean, just having a an unblockable pass rusher on your team is is just a pleasure to have. Which I think, out of all of our teams, we've all had some like damn near unblockable pass rushers at some point, and it's just it's just the best. All right. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and get Aaron's number two. All right. So my number two is going to be Julius Peppers. Um, I am a, like, I am a big Steelers fan, but the Panthers have always been like a team, uh, that I follow because I, I have family in North Carolina and they're all very big Panthers fans. And, uh, he's kind of one of the, I mean, he might be the best player to ever play for the Panthers outside of, you know, like, uh, Jake DeLome. Anyways, <laughs> so, obviously. Uh, Obviously. So, uh, Chris Gamble. Uh, so anyways, uh, so Julius Peppers had like, he, it's, 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 it's a lot of the same reasons, uh, why, you know, you talk about Miles Gary. He was this unstoppable defensive end for a good majority of his career. He's, uh, the, he has the fourth most sacks in NFL history and that's going against every linebacker, every other defensive end. Uh, just, I, I mean, like some of these, some of these stats that I'm reading for him is, uh, fucking, are stupid. Like he has the longest interception return by a defensive lineman in NFL history, <laughs> 97 yards. Uh, he has, I mean, he, he, I think he made like, he has like 11 career interceptions as a defensive lineman, which is also just absolutely insane. Uh, he's third most in double digit sacks in NFL history. And he's tied for fifth with the most games with at least three sacks. Uh, the dude was absolutely unstoppable. And to top it all off, Peppers is the best last name. It would be my last name tomorrow if I wanted to <laughs> pony up the $40 fee for changing my last name, which I'm not going to do, Troy. Um, but uh, again, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to get somebody from every level of the defense, uh, which I didn't end up doing at all. But when I was thinking of like, who, who are my favorite linemen? What do I like about linemen? I like sacks. I like I like playmakers, like being a playmaker on the defensive line is, is it's just not easy outside of sacks. And this guy is getting interceptions, returning fumbles. He's made, I think it said, I think I saw like nine pro bowls. Uh, the guy was just an absolute monster. So my number two is going to be Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers was great. Um, <laughs> so good, dude, <laughs> man. Dude's arms were so long. I would love to see exactly how long his arms were. Alan, because I'm going to tell guy, you that right now. Yeah, his I, arms were so long. He has the second most blocked kicks in NFL history. He was, <laughs> he was built to be a defensive end. I, I mean, the way that the way that he could bend, he, he played a different game than Miles Garrett, right? Miles Garrett is just built to throw folks around. Um. Whereas Julius Peppers, God, I, I don't Disrupted. even know how anybody got close to him. He was, I didn't even realize this. He was six, seven, which Huge. is shockingly tall. Huge. Um, so yeah, I, I, I considered Julius Peppers strongly. Um, I didn't wind up putting him on. So. 
Yeah, part of the thing about Peppers and part of his legend is that he was such like a just such an athlete that he also played college basketball at North Carolina. That's right, um, he did, dude. At North Carolina, is, dude. Which is not, you know, it's not like a just a program where anyone who's like athletic and can play a little bit. It's not like a D3 school where like you're pretty good, you can be on our team. This is North Carolina. Like he was on the team when they went to like the Final 4 and shit. Right. Like And Dave, that oh sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like that's he he wasn't like a big player on that team, but he was on the team. Um and that should just show you like what kind of like type of athlete he was that he was like the best defensive end in the country also playing on one of the best basketball teams in the country. Also playing in the NFL for 16 years at defensive end. 16. Yeah, that's not yeah, I, I, when I was in high school, I think we had a, my best friend was a UNC fan. There was like a big UNC Duke rivalry in my New York high school for some reason uh, <laughs> with a bunch of my friends. So I actually, I watched a lot of, uh, UNC games as, as a basketball player and like you know he he was not like you know a dude that was going to go to the NBA but he was just such like an athletic freak of nature that like you know you could just see from playing basketball like why he's also so good at football and then of course you know you watch a game and he's just all over the place like um, besides just the strength he was like you know the agility and everything just like such a good like complete player and yeah to last that long in the nfl like doing that kind of like dirty work every day is like pretty pretty crazy in the trenches man totally that that's the best point you could make like 16 years in the trenches going up against everybody's big boys like that's super that's uh like almost like brett Favre. like how the fuck were you able to accomplish that for that long yeah i actually remember like when peppers people thought peppers was washed up like kind of toward the end of his career. And then he went to like the Packers or the bears or something like I that. Thought it was, and he, yeah, the bears. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like really good again. And I was like, Oh shit, Julius peppers. Like uh, this guy's actually good. Maybe uh, it's the Panthers fault that he wasn't like amazing at the end of his career. <laughs> Dave, I'm going to tell you somebody who pays a very little amount of attention to the Panthers, that it's always the Panthers fault. Yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> I just love that this guy's name is Julius Peppers. That's <laughs> it's amazing. So awesome. That sounds like it's a. It sounds like it's one of those names from that Key and Peele skit. <laughs> <laughs> it is an objectively excellent name. Yep. Yeah, yeah, flows right off the tongue, man. Well, Alan, let's see if your next pick uh, has an equally amazing name. What's your number two? My next pick. My number two. Does not have an equally amazing name. Uh, however, he has an equally amazing skill set. Uh, my number two pick is former Houston Texan, current Arizona Cardinal, J.J. Watt. Um, I know that he's maybe not... Uh, he's had a, a rough year or two, right? Uh, I'll hear that argument, but... Uh, when J.J. Watt is on form, I think that you're looking at uh, one of the best defensive players of all time, um, let alone just the years that I've been alive and cognizantly watching and analyzing football. J.J. Uh, Watt is one of those guys that can do it all. And you will notice that I did put him on this list um, over some other folks 
that I that people probably would have expected me to put on this list. Um, because he he's been doing it for about ten years at this point. Uh, he has won Defensive Player of the Year three times, a number matched only by the great Lawrence Taylor and no one else. Um, J.J. Watt can throw people around. He can finesse his way around you. He can tip a ball up in the air and intercept it. J.J. Uh, Watt is a freak athlete, obviously the only talented Watt brother, um, yep. <laughs> and and overall just an, an excellent defensive end. So my number my number two is J.J. Watt. Ouch. <laughs> that's, very, that's very, very funny. Like, I love JJ Watt. Uh, he didn't make my list, but like as as a guy as like a guy who played linebacker like for one year in eighth grade, I feel like I can speak on this a little bit. I I, I what I will say is like you summed it up uh perfectly, but the one but you know, you, you said like he can tip a pass to himself and catch it. The motherfucker could one hand grab that shit. Let's uh, question for everybody is there a better player in the history of the houston texans than jj watt uh you, no you could get into TJ, andre johnson you, maybe you could get into Watt mm -hmm. versus deshaun watson or andre johnson or something but if there yeah. is one it's andre johnson so I, I would say that uh jj watt is the greatest middle linebacker of all time potentially just in terms of like what he can do. And I don't think the Cardinals are going to do a whole lot. Uh, and he hasn't done a whole lot the last couple of seasons because he's been like injured because he's getting right. older and that's what happens. Uh, but I feel like if the Cardinals are going to make any noise next year, it's going to be because JJ Watt has a couple of games where he just makes like a play that completely changes the dynamic of the game. Like if it's good, like I still have that sort of faith in him because he is, Allen, like he's one, like you said, he's one of the best defensive players of all time. He might be one of the 10 or 11 best defensive players of all time. He's very, very good and super underrated because, you know, he had to play in Houston. All right. First of all, we can't leave this unaddressed. JJ Watts has never played middle linebacker, probably in right. his life. Okay. Thanks. We can't nice. leave, we can't leave did that I say middle linebacker. I bet Absolutely outside linebacker. You did. I, I bet, I bet weak outside linebacker. He's uh, also probably never played weak outside linebacker in his entire <laughs> life either. He's I, I like 100% a defensive lineman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't watch Houston, dude. Leave me alone. All right. Um, so that aside, um, Alan, it's kind of weird like that Aaron Donald hasn't shown you enough in his career, but J.J. Watt has, even though J.J. Watt has not made an impact at all in the last couple seasons, uh, whereas Aaron Donald is just consistently dominating every single game since the moment he came in the league. That's fair, and I guess it probably part of it has to do with how long they've been in the league. J.J. Watt has three years on Aaron Donald being in the league. So I told you that I wanted to see a few more years out of Aaron Donald. In a few years, I'm sure he'll be on my list if you ask me again. Fair enough. Um, the second thing is, though, you know, even though J.J. Watt hasn't done too much in the last couple years, I think the fact that so he hasn't done a lot in the last two years. So out of the nine years that he's been playing, he's really only played a full set, like seven, seven and a half. Still sits over 100 sacks. Um, 100 sacks. 
25 forced fumbles, 16 recoveries, three defensive touchdowns, three NFL defensive player of the year awards. I, I, you know, I mean, he's just, he's a monster. Yeah. I think that, I think if you look at the whole body of his work, um, these last couple of years, there's a, there's definitely a reason why he hasn't been outstanding. Yeah. So before I got blindsided by Aaron saying that he played middle linebacker, I was going to say like, (laughs) if JJ Watt had a, like had a consistent career or if he like gets back to playing, you know, 12 games per year with the Cardinals, he has a, he has a legit shot. Like when he retires and we look back at his career, he has a legit shot to be like a first ballot hall of famer held up with the best defensive lineman to ever play because he, he was an absolute, like, like Aaron Donald, an absolute emergency. Every single play you have to find JJ Watt. You have to get your like two to three people who are going to be responsible just for him. And, uh, hope that that matters because a lot of times it didn't. Yeah. I mean, you had to identify him and then just throw people at him. That's all you could do. And he could catch. And I think that three defensive player of the year award thing is, is, is why you can like talk about him on, on, on this like sort of platform is because that is not fucking easy to do. And it's not easy to win a defensive player of the year award as a linebacker. I feel for a lot of the time, you piece of shit. <laughs> he's a, he's a down linebacker. Shut up. He's all right. Aaron, that's for sure. Hold, hold on. He just for the listeners. We are not endorsing Aaron saying that J.J. Watt plays linebacker, just so everyone knows. All right, fine. He was a safety. Better. All right. All right, let's let's keep it moving. Uh, Kieran, let's get your number two pick. So, yeah, going old school again with my uh, second pick here. Uh, I went with Reggie White, who... Honestly, he's kind of like the OG Aaron Donald. Like if Aaron Donald keeps it going, like kind of continues his trajectory, he might kind of end up with that Reggie White career. Reggie White has already done it. So I think that's, that's, I love Aaron Donald a lot, but that's why I went with Reggie White over him. And uh, another guy, I was pretty young while he was playing, but uh, I do remember him. Uh, One of my other good friends growing up was uh, a Packers fan. So during uh, Reggie White's time on the Packers, I heard about him nonstop. (laughs) But uh, another guy on the line, he could play end. uh, He could play kind of interior line. And it didn't matter where he was lined up. Like the dude was just always in the pocket, like in the quarterback's face. He had like some insane sack numbers, um, especially, you know, playing a lot of Inside, you know, interior defensive line, which doesn't really happen that often. So I don't know. The dude was just a monster. And like, uh, again, when I was thinking of all these kind of current players or recent players that I wanted to put on there, I was just like, can I really put any of these dudes over Reggie White? And like, honestly, I can't. I can't do it. So that's why he's my number two. Now, Aaron, would you say that Reggie White is one of the best linebackers to play for the Packers? No, I'd say he's the third best linebacker. But what? Uh, very, very funny joke, Dave. I feel very dumb already. Thank you. Uh, but uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's like, I think I'm racist because I'm just like, oh, a white guy who's a star defensive player. He has to be playing middle linebacker. Um, but like what I will say is if there is a Mount Rushmore of defensive linemen, Reggie, uh, Reggie White's on there. Easy. Yeah, he's definitely the George Washington 
Uh, he, he's got the George <laughs> he's got that like not front but side view so you can see what his chin like looks like from whatever angle but yeah I, I I agree with you dude and I'm very very happy he's one of those players that ended up getting a Super Bowl as well because he crushed his entire career 198 career sacks so yeah. I mean, number, number two <laughs> overall Lord. he's he was a, a beast I I'm just glad someone mentioned him yeah I I mean like I said, I started watching football in like 96 and he, he only played a few more years after that. I don't really remember watching him. So he didn't fit with my, like the way I picked my list, but like no one can deny Reggie white, you know, no one can deny his greatness uh, at all. He's basically untouchable as far as like one of the best defensive players ever. I just remember some plays where he would just make like the other team's offensive line look like children, like small children. And that's like, that's hard to do with dudes as big as offensive linemen. But like this guy was just on another level. It was ridiculous. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things like sometimes like defense, especially like defensive linemen and like great pass rushers will just like pop on the screen when you're watching. Um, Sometimes it's like, like Aaron Donald who will like, like do a little like step step with his feet and then like just jump past people and they'll like lunge and like fall down and look stupid. And then sometimes you'll see uh, like the bull rush guys who just basically just like pick up a lineman and just like walk him back into the backfield. <laughs> and I like, if you watch highlights, like isn't Reggie white, one of the guys who could do both of those things. Yeah, and it's just like even when you're not picking up the sacks, like if you're one of those dudes that it's least, you know, at least you're constantly putting pressure. You're always kind of collapsing the pocket, pushing bodies in front of the quarterback. And like he could do that on every play, but he's also picking up, you know, the sacks as well, which was just kind of yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, that's a good pick. Solid pick. I was just I was just pulling up his stats as well and I think that <laughs> One of the most impressive things about him is that he played 16 games um, in every season except for three. Jesus <laughs> yeah. God damn. So uh, I'm going to do a very quick sidebar story. Uh, <clears throat> at one point when we were in high school in Troy, they had the uh, the Silverbacks. It was this like semi-professional like arena football league team. And there was a, a defensive lineman on the team. I don't remember his first name, but his last name was Tisdale. And why we liked the guy was because... <laughs> was because he was kind of like a, a showboater. He danced around, he talked, he yelled, he was always smiling. And I think like, I think Reggie White has that like big, like Tisdale energy where like the, the dude is like <laughs> always smiling. Like he, he, you can, you can like just see in like interviews and you can see like, it, like he, he's just, he's having fun playing the game. Uh, but uh, uh, again, I, I just think like Reggie White is, arguably the greatest defensive lineman of all time and like probably actually is. Yeah. He's one of those guys that if someone said Reggie White's the best defensive lineman ever, you people might be like, Oh, I, yeah, I like this other guy a little bit more, but like, no one's going to be like, nah, get the fuck out of here. Reggie White. Really? Like that's <laughs> just not something that could happen. The stats back it up and he has a ring. Like to, to, to me, like, like I said, it would be hard to make an argument against him. Right. All I got from that is Aaron is a chin man. He likes chins. <laughs> from so, all angles. This is from all angles. Aaron chin angle. If you look at Aaron's whole list, you'll start to notice a trend. It's all about the chins. This is a sign of leadership. <laughs>
<laughs> um, all right, so uh, let's go ahead and move on into our number ones. But before we do that, here is a quick word from our sponsor. Hey everybody, before we do our number one picks, we'd like to talk to you about that magical drink, the one that makes this podcast possible. That's right, we're talking about coffee. At a top three podcast, we are in way different time zones, and we record super late at night for for most of us, actually, and coffee is what makes it all tick. We're proud to share with you one of our favorite local roasteries, Barbell Brew. Barbell Brew provides single-origin coffee beans that are air-roasted in small batches on location in Troy, Ohio, and they're available for shipping nationwide. Check them out at barbellbrew.com where you can find pre-ground or whole bean coffee in several different varieties, or sign up for their Coffee of the Month program for a curated caffeination experience. We also have an exclusive deal for our listeners. 20% off your first order using the promo code TOP3 at checkout. That's the promo code TOP3, that's the number three in there, at checkout, 20% off your first order. Barbell Brew also has a really cool program called Coffee for a Cause, where each month they donate a percent of their profits to a different charity. So follow them at Barbell Brew Coffee Roasters on Facebook and at Barbell Brew Coffee on Instagram. And check our episode description for links to those pages and their website so you can get your coffee on. Support local coffee roasters and taste the difference. All right, back to those number ones. And we're back. All right, guys, it's time for the nitty-gritty. Dave, what's one? My number one defensive player ever is a division rival of the Cleveland Browns, my favorite team, and a player that just caused so many bad times when the Browns played against them. And it is a safety who played against the Browns twice per year, always fuck things up i hate you so much dude and it is ed reed ed reed is my number one and i'm not doing that just to lead aaron on ed reed was like you want to talk about okay palomalu is maybe the best strong safety i ever watched ed reed is definitely the best free safety i ever watched because ed reed i feel like every time the browns played them which is again twice per year there would be a play where like that guy is wide the fuck open and the quarterback is also like that guy is wide the fuck open and he'd throw the ball and that guy was not wide open because Ed Reed just intercepted it and he's running it back for a touchdown as we speak. And if you listen to quarterbacks talk about like the most difficult safeties to play against, Ed Reed is one of the guys they always bring up where it's like, you can't fool this guy. You can't, trick him by looking at the right side and then throwing to the left side. You can't. He he knows what's going on. And even if you do trick him, he's fast and he gets a good jump and he's quick and he runs over and picks it off and then you cry. So uh, rest in peace to all of the Browns quarterbacks who played while Ed Reed was on the Ravens because he just made life so horrible for them. 
So that's my number one, Ed Reed. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump on here. My number one is also Ed Reed. Um, Also for the exact same reasons, because I saw firsthand. And and, I mean, you know, Troy Polamalu was on my list, man. He was lower on my list, but he was on my list. But Ed (laughs) Reed, I mean, Troy Polamalu doesn't compare to Ed Reed. Troy Polamalu was fun to watch. Anybody that just is willing to wreck their entire body, go all out like that, um, deserves respect. But Ed Reed didn't have to do that. Ed Reed was faster. He could jump higher. He could catch better than anyone else on the field. Um, Including the receivers. Including the receivers, bar none. I mean, it was like having, (laughs) it was like the Ravens had a cheat code every time someone played them. Um, he, he was a center fielder and he just, you couldn't throw deep against the Ravens. You just couldn't do it. And then he, he'd also return kicks and punts and, and everything else. I mean, he was, he was a magic man. Yeah. And I, absolutely. I, I, I actually think, so I, I get why people like want to make that comparison between Troy Polamalu and Ed Reed, because like. The difference between strong safety and free safety is like like the line is so thin between what each of them are capable of and what each of their jobs are. Um, I I think that everything that Troy Polamalu could do well, Ed, and, 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 like okay, so the best way I can put it, Ed Reed was great at all the things Troy Polamalu was good at, and Troy Polamalu was great at all the things Ed Reed was good at. I I I I just I, I think they're two different positions. But what I would say is I think Troy Polamalu is the greatest strong safety, and it's not a question. And I think that Ed Reed is the greatest free safety, and it's not a question. Uh, Ed Reed didn't make my list, uh, but what I will say is like I mean it, it's just like what you guys said with the like you, you got a like a front row seat to this guy for. For all of his career like that dude is like y- y- you know when i when i would see big ben drop for a pass against the ravens like i gotta i gotta look out for ray lewis and Haley onyata and i gotta hey i gotta watch out for uh you know terrell suggs but i knew like even if like ben roethlisberger was staying upright when he throws the ball like i don't know where ed reed is like they didn't do the thing like they did last year where they like expanded the camera like when ben roethlisberger threw the ball downfield i was like Holy fuck! I hope Ed Reed's not close to that because that because he's <laughs> because he's going to intercept it, and and this is I think the the one thing that Ed Reed is by far the best at is that motherfucker could catch. I've seen that dude catch, you know, over his shoulder. I've seen him make one handed interceptions. I've and not only that, like after he makes the interceptions, just like Palomalu man, he's making a play with the ball. Like you 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 like he's trying to score a touchdown when he gets it. And again, on top of all of that, the motherfucker just hit you. Like, he would hit you, dude. He doesn't give a shit. He was great in the run game. He's a great tackler, which I think is a very underrated quality uh, in terms of, like, when you think, like, secondary people. But he, he, I, you know, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I bet Ed Reed, like, I bet he has top all-time tackles for a loss by a safety. Like, you could, you could send him in and be completely cool with it. Like, the, the dude is the best free safety of all time. One of the three or four best safeties probably of all time. And, and I, I can't disparage him no matter how much I hate Baltimore. Yeah, I loved I loved Ed Reed as a player. Always hoping he would wind up on the Jets. Of course, I never did. But yeah, fun to watch. I was really close to putting him on my list. Um, ended up going with Ronnie Lott over him only because I figured um, 
some of you guys would pick Ed Reed anyway. And I wanted to talk about Ronnie Lott's finger. So, <laughs> but I love Ed Reed. I love that's a fantastic choice. I love him. Um, just on that, like Reed versus Palomalu thing. Like I think of Palomalu as like one of the ultimate Swiss army knife players where like you could just put him at linebacker and he'll play linebacker for, you know, a snap and he'll crush it. You send him on a blitz and he's really, really good at that. Uh, he's good in pass coverage too. Of course, uh, Ed Reed is like the best in pass coverage that I've ever by seen. Far. Yeah, by far. Like just the amount of times, like I said at the beginning, the amount of times I saw a Browns receiver running open down the field and I was like, holy fuck, the Browns are going to score a touchdown. Nope. Ed Reed just intercepted it. Like the amount of times <laughs> that happened, it's, it's just like, demoralizing and i'm sure for the charlie fries and colt mccoys and you know uh kelly holcomb's of the world like it's just as demoralizing for them <laughs> kelly holcomb was cool uh, <laughs> so was, one dude. thing i will say is like so uh so heinz ward was always looked at as like a big hitter uh, a hard hitter um the every time heinz ward would just like crack somebody in the most dirty way possible he would just smile and be like kind of like fuck you there's this one play where he hit ed reed like blindsided ed reed instead of like showboating or doing his thing he immediately started pointing like hey somebody get the medical staff over here like when you can like like garner that sort of respect from somebody that only wants to shit like that's that that's to me how i know like you know ed reed had like that sort of like you know sway with other players too is like when heinz ward hit him he didn't jump around he didn't showboat he stopped the play before it was over and was like hey dude like somebody get out here this guy's not okay just looking it up ed reed has 64 career interceptions which is a lot stupid i would never have guessed half of that All right, good pick, uh, Dave and Alan, I suppose. So, uh, Aaron, what's your number two? It, my, it's my number one, and uh, it's it's number one. Very, sorry, no, all good. It's very obvious. It's Troy Polamalu. Like uh, the we've talked about him a couple of different times tonight, but literally the 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 thing that I think separate because I I have so many like great Steelers players I could have chosen from. Uh, and I have to pick Palomalu because there two, two things we haven't talked about tonight. Palomalu is also like a hard fucking hitter. Like that dude would crack you in the fucking mouth. Uh, I think he's a harder hitter than Ed Reed ever was. Um, and I, 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 th I think he's, now, you know what? I'm going to stick stay away from that. But the the one thing that we haven't talked about Paul Amalu tonight is how absolutely incredibly clutch of a defensive performer he is. Like, I can't count on two hands how many times he forced a fumble when we needed a fumble forced. Like, I, I can't count the number of times my hand went like we needed an interception or we needed a third down stop. And Paul Amalu made those plays. Um, he's, he, like I said, like, he, he, he's like Ed Reed in that sense where you just say, you know, like if he's on the field, your team always has a chance to change the dichotomy of the game. You you know that if he's out there at any second, he could do something absolutely insane. You know, you, you know, uh, staying away from, you, you know, all the crazy, insane plays he made and all the good interceptions he made and blah, blah, blah. The dude had a motor. And he didn't only uh, – uh, another thing that he, like, really never did is he was always 
very calm and patient and he he didn't showboat like every time he made a, a a tackle like he could have made a tackle after a 17 yard gain popped back up did his little like prayer or whatever and it was just like on to the next play um i also think uh he was completely deserved of having like a, a first ballot hall of fame career um and and like i said that guy just embodies like what what i think it means to be a stealer he's he's uh he's, he's like what what did teddy rosa say like be soft spoken but carry a, a big stick like that, that's exactly who troy palomalu was um and uh, another thing like what dave said about miles garrett like what he did for the community what he did for pittsburgh off of the field uh was you, you, you know, just you don't hear a lot of stories about that from a lot of different Steelers players, but Troy Polamalu was very charitable. He's very nice. He's very soft-spoken. And I think the one thing that you can really take from it is Allen, a Browns fan who hates this guy, gives him respect. Like, I, I can talk to Bengals and Browns and Ravens fans. They'll be like, you know, I fucking hate the Steelers, but I really liked Troy Polamalu, dude. And I, I, I that, that, that's what separates him to me. So my number one is going to be Troy Polamalu. Well, Alan might take the high horse, but like I hated watching Palomalu the whole time. Like <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't enjoy any bit of watching Troy Palomalu the whole time um, because he was so fucking good. Um, but so, like you mentioned, a lot of things. I just want to add one other thing about Palomalu. Like he was always all over the field, and just in my memory, he never missed a tackle. In my not memory. until the I'm end. Sure, not until I'm the sure end. I'm sure he. I'm sure he missed tackles like sometimes, but like he was always like you know like you try and throw a screen pass or something like that, and the the back has to juke the guy that's coming at him, and like you know they can do it, but Palomalu never missed that tackle. He always he was always where he should have been, and he damn near always made the tackle. Uh, so on top of his like highlight plays, he was also just like technically fucking great. Um, and this is you know he played in the NFL for like 11 years or something like that. So this is 11 years of, of suffering that he put on the Browns. Uh, that's maybe inflating things in my head, but like, man, great player. Begrudgingly, I say. <laughs> and like, it's really weird. Like you mentioned, like the whole, like, like if Troy Palomalu's on the field and you are throwing a screen pass, that means your team is already fucked beyond belief. And you have to figure out some gadget to get around that. And he's going to blow that up. And then once he does that, it's like, well, what what plan do you have at this point? You know, the Steelers, when he was on the the Steelers, they were arguably the best defensive in defense in football for that, like, four-year stretch. And uh, like, like I said, like, it, you, you could try gadget plays. You could try whatever. You know, we talked about the Pat McAfee thing. Like, you, it, it's really hard to trick the guy. <laughs> uh, and it's the same thing with Ed Reed. You, you know what I mean? So I, I put them on that same you know, level of just being just being like as good as people talk about quarterbacks being able to read offenses, players like Troy Polamalu or read defenses, tr players like Palomalu and Reed have that same like line of thinking where they can read offenses just as good as whatever court. I mean, Troy Polamalu made Peyton Manning look stupid from time to time. He made Tom Brady look stupid. That's not easy. Yeah, so for I, sure. I've already spoken a lot, so I'm not going to say too much about probably the like the second best safety that we've talked about tonight. <laughs> I'm not mad. I, I, I'm not mad. I promise. Like, like that's totally fair. What I will say in support of, of Troy Palomalu um, is that he was a, he, he was a lot more difficult to game plan around than Ed Reed. 
you could take Ed Reed out of the game if you weren't going to throw the ball. Correct. Um, I mean, and you couldn't do that with Troy Paul Nalu because he 90% of the time started three yards from the line of scrimmage. I mean, he was he was right up there playing amongst the linebackers, um, getting ready to jump like a fucking lunatic head first into a pile of 300 pound dude. I saw him at Steelers training camp and he was as tall as I was. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. He was just a, like an ickle guy. Like he was just a, a little fella, you know, and uh, it didn't matter to him. But I, that's, that's all I wanted to say about, about for Paul Malu in this one. Cause I, I made my thoughts known earlier, but he was really difficult to game play around. And also not as good as Ed Reed. We got a lot of dope shampoo commercials out of Paul Malu too. So <laughs> that's got a factor in there. <laughs> Those were funny. True. That's true. Ed, Ed Reed, to the best of my knowledge, has zero shampoo. Zero shampoo so, commercials. Alan oof, and Dave. I don't know. Serious ding. Serious yeah. ding against you there. <laughs> well, on that note, let's go ahead and, uh, Kieran, let's get your number one pick. All right. So number one. Uh, this one's a little painful for me as you guys kind of have that, like the Steelers and Browns rivalry going on uh, in New York. We had a few rivalries also. Uh, obviously you get the whole Jets Giants thing, although they don't, you know, they don't always play each other all the time, but like my brother was a Giants fan um, and, you know, in school and everybody it's, it's pretty 50 50. So there's a lot of beef going on all the time with the Jets and the Giants for number one. I had to go with Lawrence Taylor. Uh, because despite the fact that um, I don't really like the Giants all that much, that dude was just like probably even out of any of the other guys that I picked on my list, like as good as Reggie White was or Ronnie Lott or whatever at their respective positions, Lawrence Taylor was just nuts. The guy was just like he was like a like a creative player in Madden where you like maxed out everything, but then stuck him in real life. The dude was just ridiculous. You heard about him nonstop. He was in every single, you know, sports section in the newspaper after, you know, every Monday morning, whatever. Um, just like, you know, the pass rush ability and just like the fear, like you could just tell, like the other teams were just like fucking terrified of this dude. And rightfully so he was just, Nuts. I don't know if, I mean, we've seen, you know, every year there's always good pass rushers in the NFL and there's always like phenomenal defensive players. Uh, but I don't know, even though I was pretty young while he was, you know, in his prime, I still don't know if I've ever seen anyone quite as good as him. And children, that brings me to my next point. Don't smoke crack. (laughs) (laughs) That, uh, you know, that's a major uh, demerit for everyone else we mentioned, uh, which is Lawrence Taylor was in the water boy and the other players were not. <laughs> were not, dude. They weren't in the water boy, but Lawrence Taylor was. That's a good thing. Like, I, I wonder if you talk to because a lot of us, we've been talking about players who played in the last 20 years. And I wonder if you talk to like offensive linemen if they were actually afraid of any of the players we talked about. Like, I don't think anyone's afraid of matching up against Miles Garrett or afraid of standing in front of Aaron Donald or like playing against Palomalu or someone like that. But like, that is something that you have heard people say about Lawrence Taylor, which like, and if you're 
football especially is a game where if you're afraid of the person you're supposed to be blocking, you have no chance. At you're all. so fucked. Good point, dude. I also heard he did cocaine like before games, like to numb the pain. And I'm like, that is a creep. Like, and there are a lot of terrible, terrible stories about Lawrence Taylor and like his personal life, to be fair. Uh, but he, like I said, he was like one of those players. Like, I, I agree with Dave. Like, you, you were, you had to have been scared of him. Like, you know, he's a crazy person. And like, it's, so Karen's Karen's list is actually like the probably like like the historical greats, you know, like Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor. And like when we list when we get our listener responses, we'll see a lot of people feel the same way. Like I just didn't ever watch Lawrence Taylor play. So, you know, I've only watched highlights and unfortunately like the Joe Theismann highlight uh, makes me not want to watch oh my any God, other Lawrence dude. Taylor highlights. <laughs> dude, we um, didn't even talk about that. He's responsible for the most horrifically gruesome injury in NFL history. One of, one of the worst. Um, so, like, I didn't watch him play, so he was not in consideration for my personal list. But, again, it's another one of those where it's like, who's the – you might say he is the single best defensive player in the history of the NFL. And no one, no one will be like, that's ridiculous. Lawrence Taylor – like he is just he's in the pantheon of like untouchable like greatness in NFL defense. And we've touched on this a little bit. I I, I guarantee if all of us were 43, Lawrence Taylor would be on all of our list. Yeah. I think that's pretty safe. I was gonna to say assume. it's uh like I, I don't vividly I, I was I did watch him play for sure. I don't vividly, you know, remember all of the details about it. And certainly like at that age, I don't, I didn't know all of kind of the X's X's and O's of football, uh, all the, like, you know, the alignments and the pass rushing schemes or whatever. But I just remember like a giant crazy dude and just thinking like, how come no one can stop this guy (laughs) as like a little kid (laughs) and just repeatedly like play after play after play. It's just like, you know, he's coming for you do something and and just no one could do it and to me that that just kind of stands out in my memory and then i have to hear my brother and everyone talking shit about this guy um but like it's he deserves it he deserves you know on the field anyway play and everything he he deserves like the praise because he was just fucking ridiculous yeah absolutely and again let us not like understate the importance of making a cameo in the water boy for your overall <laughs> status among the greats. Like when people are like, who is Lynn Swan? I don't say, oh, he's a four-time Super Bowl champion that played for my favorite team. I'm like, oh, he's the guy <laughs> that Vicky Valencore shut the fuck up in the water boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good picks all around. So uh, next we're going to go ahead and do our honorable mentions. This is lightning round style. So uh, Dave, we'll go and start with you. What is your honorable mention um, my honorable mention was Troy Polamalu, but since we've already talked a lot about Polamalu, uh, I will throw Aaron a bone and say that Casey Hampton is very funny. So I'll throw, hey. I'll make him my honorable mention. Dude, I don't even give a fuck about the one person for you. My honorable mention is also Casey Hampton, dude. Uh, I love that man. Uh, not doesn't have the stats to back it up, but just a the arguably the greatest run stopping defensive tackle of all time. I'm with you, Dave. The guy's the guy's awesome. Uh, we're gonna link in the description a picture of Casey Hampton without his shirt on, partying in Miami. Uh, so everybody, <laughs> keep a lookout for that. 
<laughs> shirtless pics today. <laughs> yeah. That's how's football, his, baby. How's his chin, Aaron? Uh, you can't see it because it's covered by 16 layers of fat. Uh, but I imagine if Casey Hampton was like a strong safety, it would be very prominent. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Alan, what's your honorable mention? Uh, my honorable mention is Richard Seymour, former defensive tackle for the New England Patriots and Oakland Raiders. Um, primarily only for one instance oh, in, which he, in which Ben Roethlisberger, not unlike Mason Rudolph, decided to step to someone much bigger and stronger than he. Uh, and Richard Seymour open hand slapped him in the face, which Roethlisberger had to get surgery to correct his nose. And when the surgeon went in to correct it, he told Roethlisberger that it looked like cornflakes. And I actually, I actually have a quote here. Um, Hang on. Wait, what looked like cornflakes? Roethlisberger's nose. Oh, his nose. Okay. (laughs) And so I actually, I have a quote here. Um, it was just my nose, Roethlisberger said. The surgeon said he got in there, and he said the nose bones looked like cornflakes. I was like, oh, that's good. The plates and everything in my face were fine. So that's good. <laughs> you should have been Roethlisberger all night, but that dude is a trooper. <laughs> so my number, my, my honorable mention is Richard Seymour. Um, for the cornflakes, I will say watching Ben like the Steelers are like oh in or like one in fourteen all time against the Raiders in my life, and that was the one game they won. He uh, he broke his fucking nose right <laughs> on the field. The trainer uh, popped it back into place on the sideline and did it incorrectly, and that's why he had to get surgery. Uh, but the Steelers ended up coming back and winning that game. That's the only time I can ever remember them. Richard Seymour is fucking terrifying. One of the uh, a- another great defensive end. Lyman, linebacker. <laughs> and then really quick, I just have one one more burn for Ben Roethlisberger. Um, how in the fuck is he still so ugly when he's had so much reconstructive surgery on his face? <laughs> okay. Alan, um, that's just that's it. Alan, that's just Finley, Ohio, baby. That's just how it is in Finley, dude. That's good genetics, baby. Uh, Kieran, what is your honorable mention? All right. Uh, since I didn't pick any 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 jet who was kind of like a jet during their prime, I'm gonna go with Darrell Revis for this one. Um, who I do very very vividly remember play, uh, watching play. Uh, just a dude like you could feel very comfortable. Like whoever he was guarding man to man, that guy was not gonna catch the football. Um, and being that. Uh, during those years, uh, the Jets usually had a pretty good defense, but we didn't actually have like standout defensive players besides him. But because you could just rely on him like shutting down half the field, like it allowed everyone else to play better, and that was super important. So I'd go Revis for my honorable mention. Great yeah, player, man. Call. Great player. Yeah. Nice. And only cornerback today. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say the very only strange. The only corner we've mentioned, but if there is only going to be one, Revis is is arguably a fine answer yeah i really liked jonathan vilma too if we're talking jets defensive players that's true there's a middle linebacker yeah he played offensive line i love that name 
Debrickishaw <laughs> Ferguson. There you go. That's a name. <laughs> then, yeah, I think he played middle linebacker. Yeah. Ron Showerham. <laughs> All right. It's time for our listener responses. And I'll go ahead and start. Uh, first up is Mo, enemy of Aaron. Uh, his number three <laughs> is Jack Tatum. Number two, Mean Joe Green. Number one, Troy Palomalu, and his honorable mention is Ed Reed. I recognize some of those names. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Matt, whose number three is Charles Woodson, who is uh, a player that I absolutely love. Charles Woodson. Uh, number two, Lawrence Taylor, and number one, Jack Tatum. Uh, next up, we have Chad. Uh, his number three is Ray Lewis. Number two, Reggie White. And number one, Lawrence Taylor. Next up is Tyler, whose number three is Lawrence Taylor. Number two is Warren Sapp. Good call. And number one Good call. is Reggie White. I just want to say before we move on, uh, I went to a game, the Buccaneers versus the Saints in New Orleans, and it was full of like drunk ass New Orleans fans. And Warren Sapp caught a touchdown and he did a dance uh, <laughs> and everyone in the crowd booed so hard and he just danced harder it was very funny <laughs> very warren sat move right there so for rat boy uh at number three uh, we have uh charles woodson ed reed uh number one ray lewis uh an honorable mention rich Sherman. Richard Sherman's a good pick, too. I love Richard Sermon. Very good. All right, next up we have Corbin. Number three is Junior uh, Swoo, or Swale, Swale. Sayow, Sayow. Sayow. All right. <laughs> Number two, Champ uh, Bailey. Number one, Lawrence Taylor. Champ Bailey was so fucking good. Champ Bailey also in that Darrell Rivas just like shut off half the field category. Yeah, that's another good one. Uh, next up, we've got Jarris, who's uh, Aaron. You're gonna like this. Number three is Cortez Kennedy. Number two, Ty Law, and number one, Junior Seau. I don't understand why I should like that. I don't know who Cortez Kennedy <laughs> is. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. Who is that? Didn't. Cortez Kennedy. Oh no. Never mind. I don't know why you would like that. For some reason I thought Cortez Kennedy played on the Steelers. I thought he was a Steelers player. No, I would absolutely for... <laughs> I would absolutely remember if there was a guy named Cortez Kennedy on the Yeah, absolutely. You're right. That's that's my mistake. He played for the Seahawks for his entire career. But also Aaron, you're an outspoken Seahawks fan, so I'm right. I the Seahawks Steelers Super Bowl was a hard one for me because I do really like the Seahawks. Go Jason Seahorn. All right. Next up we have Mitch. Uh his number three is Ed Reed. His number two is Aaron Donald. His number one is Lawrence Taylor. Before we move on, it is crazy how many people said Lawrence Taylor when I feel like I know most of these people and none of them were alive when he played really. I I, I don't know. That's just me. Well, we've Lawrence Lawrence Taylor of all of the players who were retired by the time like we started watching football, um, I think Lawrence Taylor like transcends his era. Like everyone knows who Lawrence Taylor is. Everyone knows he was the fucking best. Uh, so when you're making the list, I don't see why 
you know, why we have to take him off. No, right. No, I, I agree. I just think it's weird. So many people picked players that they, they were like six the last time they were relevant. I, I don't know. I just think it's weird. <laughs> All right. All right. Good. Uh, good picks, everybody. That was, you know, very informative for somebody who, um, knows nothing at all about uh defensive players or statistics or uh a lot of the mechanics of the game of football um thanks that was nice well glad we could uh glad we could give you a bunch of names all uh, all at once that you will almost certainly remember for the rest of your life right bloodbath Oh, dude, uh, Julius Peppers is like, <laughs> I'm going to think about that like <laughs> nonstop. Are you also imagining him as a chef? I am too. <laughs> hey, man, if there's if there's a uh, if there's only one NFL player that you remember and it's Julius Peppers, that's not so bad. We did our job, man. Well, that's going to do it for all of us here at a top three podcast. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, I want to thank Dave for letting me come on and host to make a jackass out of myself. I want to thank Aaron and Alan for always being as entertaining. And I want to thank our new friend, uh, Kieran for coming on and, um, you know, talking to us about uh, football and, uh, being a guest. It was really great having you here. Yeah, dude. Yes. You did awesome, man. You should come Really back. fun, man. Anytime, anytime. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Kieran. Well, again, you can follow us at a top three podcast on our social media and uh, I know we'll have some uh, new content coming out soon and uh, hopefully everybody checks us out. You can uh, uh, remember to uh, like, subscribe, review and uh, you know, just uh, keep on trucking. Hell yeah. Go Browns. Go Steelers. <laughs> Go Seahawks. Jets, do something. <laughs>